I, I keep having urges to like, I don't know, alter form and see what happens. Oh yeah, almost like um, that reminds me of sort of that's a that's kind of an undercurrent of art. At some point, some artist will like either kind of break ground on the form, or after adhering to the form for long enough, will just be like, "I'm breaking the form. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm now going to explore what the form of the art is." Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like this. This composer or pianist that uh, named Adrian Brody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like this pianist I heard about who wrote a piece of music that was like four minutes, 35 seconds long or something like that. And all he did was he walked on stage and sat at the piano for that long. Yeah, that fucking asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could just imagine how many socialites soci- socialites were like... The bourgeoisie. Oh yeah, the bourgeoisie. <laughs> oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> but really, it was tremendous in showing us the potential of music. <laughs> and that a note needs not even be played to be music. <laughs> god, I've been to like ballets before where... At the end, the audience gives about a 30-minute standing ovation. <laughs> and I'm like, that is that is absolutely insane. <laughs> Something similar to Avart, the Avart narrative. <sighs> Never mind. I guess not because I totally forgot it. Schmegner. <laughs> Schmegner. Trevorino, I like how when we're when we're call, when we're talking about um, Colin Trevorrow, inevitably Tre- Trevorino and Alec Trevelyan have stuck. Those are the two names that we call them. Well, yeah, I tend to revert to Trevorsorian. Oh, that's right. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Sounds kind of like a dinosaur. It does. They should just make a dinosaur, a Trevorsorian. Indominus Trevorsorian. What would I think Indominus Trevorsorian, if that were a dinosaur, what it would do is it would eat other dinosaurs and incorporate them into itself. And, <laughs> and reference those other dinosaurs' reality. <laughs> exactly. Like it would eat a raptor and all of a sudden like raptor claws would start growing out of its hands and it would constantly reference how cool they are. <laughs> and it would attract characters around it who would also reference how cool it is. <laughs> <laughs> then it would direct the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> that's how the that's how the next Jurassic World should With its end. Tiny arms pointing, Boyega. <laughs> Boyega, Boyega, breathe, run, Boyega. Oh my gosh! I was recently watching some. I was following some Instagram account that is devoted to movies and filmmaking or whatever, and they had these scenes like behind the scenes making of Guardians of the Galaxy two, and. Whenever this particular account, I don't remember which one it is because I follow a few, but whenever it shows like a behind the scenes making of a movie, it's always with this attitude of like, this is so cool. Yeah. Like, look at how this movie is made. <laughs> and like on the one hand, yes, it's it's amazing that you can take these different parts and make this movie. But like when when I see that, like I don't think cool. I think cop out basically. <laughs> like I I'm confronted with the reality that 95 percent of this movie is actually a cartoon. Like <laughs> oh, when you see the actual like yeah, logistics of the special effects. <laughs> yes, they show like these scenes when it's like Chris Pratt like in a, like a fighter jet. Um, well, in, in reality, it's like this tiny little like cockpit that was made in this gigantic green studio and the cockpit like shifts on these like kind of like <laughs> robot like like hinges or something. Huh. And then then everything else they just add in. So it's basically just like one of those like motion simulator rides and Chris Pratt's in it and they're filming him. <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> hey, hey! I see you yeah. over there. <laughs> You know, I learned something recently about Chris Pratt, which I've always found him to be very funny. And I'm only for the first time watching, I almost said Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Anytime I make fun of Chris Pratt, everyone's like, 
he was really good in Parks and Rec. You should just you should watch Parks and Rec. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck no. Have you ever have you never seen it? No, no, I've seen like a couple episodes, but uh, I, mean, I just I've, I'm cynical about it for literally no reason. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm that way about a lot of things. Actually, I'm that way about most shows. I feel like yeah, but you're rarely, you're enjoying Pratt and PNR. yeah, I'm definitely enjoying Pratt and PNR. Um, and uh, oh, but I recently learned that apparently Chris Pratt stole his Guardians of the Galaxy outfit or costume whatever you want to call it so that he could visit kids in hospitals dressed up as his character really yeah which i thought the onion is is constantly like referencing him in hospitals okay. <laughs> like i guess that's something he does a lot hmm. um which you know i think is i think is very noble and very kind yeah that's a nice and, thing to do yeah but the onion had this great little bit and it was um it showed a picture of him standing outside of a kid's bedroom and it said you know child scared because the point was basically like chris pratt showing up at his house is basically a warning like you're about to become terminally ill (laughs) (laughs) i'm visiting you before the fact (laughs) that cracked me up so you become a a pratt fan yeah i i I like chris pratt i think so he maybe he's not on the side of the galaxy then or the galactic empire in the tale of in the tragedy of Darth Boyega. Yeah, Darth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know too much about Chris Pratt, but he's he's made me laugh. Obviously, I'm not a I'm not a Jurassic World fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am an Omar Sy fan as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Omar mm-hmm. Sy is great. And of course, D'Onofrio. I was gonna, yeah. He, I was gonna go to him next, <laughs> but I couldn't. I couldn't remember his real name. The real question, though, is: Are you a Boyega fan? Oh man, this is um. I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's been my response like all day thinking about this episode. Like, okay, yeah. I know we're gonna talk about Boyega, but why is it that my mind becomes blank every time I try to form a coherent thought about his being? I don't know. It really does boil down to this deep mystery. <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna reference uh, one of my absolute favorite films of all time. Hard to describe, but we've mentioned it on here before. The film is called Samsara. Mm. It's um, not a narrative movie film with a plot, uh, nor is it a documentary exactly. As I think I described it, I think I described it as a moving prayer, or something like that, or a visual prayer. Didn't Roger um, Ebert say something like, "If if we were gonna contact extraterrestrial life or like show them what our life is like, we should just project that film." Something yeah, along he- those lines. Exactly. Um, but he was actually referencing the movie Baraka. Baraka. Which is, ah, yeah. Yes. The, the prequel. It's in the same, like. The same filmmakers, right? Y- yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. I think Godfrey Reggio and Ron Frick. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Nice. He has some cool names. Um, and Go- anyway. Gotama Buddha for the naming rights. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a little there's a at the beginning of Samsara there's a little like based on the teachings of Gotama Buddha. <laughs> Title license yeah. to Gotama Buddha. Yeah, exactly. The little R with the circle yeah, over it. TM. <laughs> yeah, Buddha trademarked his name right before he died under the Bodhisattva tree. <laughs> I don't actually know if that's where he died, is it? Uh I don't know. The I think it was the Bodhi tree. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> He probably Chris, died there. Yeah. What, Actually, he probably was, never existed. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he was like Boyega. <laughs> he was like Boyega. Yeah. But so the movie Samsara, amazing movie. Just like, oh my gosh, you could watch it five times in the same day and it would mean something different each time. Yeah, and you might also uh, go insane. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> um. You know, it's, it's as, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reference Eraserhead from here on out in every, <laughs> every single <episode>. podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's as deep as Eraserhead, but, uh, not as scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's a timely reference of Eraserhead because I think when this episode airs, Twin Peaks will have been revived. So Lynch has returned. Yes. Yeah. And Lynch is, of course, a big practitioner of meditation, which connects him back yeah. to Gotama Buddha. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, but in this movie, Samsara, at one point, some, <laughs> I believe they are Tibetan Buddhist monks are 
making a um a mandala mm-hmm. uh using like colorful sand. Yeah. And it's just this like enrapturing scene of just like pure meaning that is inexplicable incompletely. And that's how I feel. Every time I watch that movie, I'm just enraptured in the moment and left not only without words, but without thought at all. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I feel when I think about Boyega. Yeah. If, <laughs> a listener needs a, another uh, reference point to what Matt's talking about. That that same technique of Tibetan Buddhist monks creating this intricate mandala through an extreme act of concentration was also depicted in an episode of House of Cards. Yeah. Season three, yes, I believe. Where I believe you're right. Yeah. yeah. Toward the end of the season. Yeah, where uh, the White House, which is controlled by Spacey and, and Wright, for some right. reason has these Tibetan Buddhist monks there doing it. So yeah. they kind of stole it from Samsara, but it was still cool and exposed yeah. a lot more people to this apparent practice. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah, pretty amazing. Um, but, you know, another thing I'd like to just reference once again to our listeners, please, you must. I love the way you said it, Sean. You said you must find this image <laughs> as if <laughs> as if it were a quest when referring to the seven faces of Boyega. Uh, it is it is pure mystery. It's on our it's on our Instagram. Well, it's the on five, our... I believe the five faces of Boyega is on our Instagram. Ah, uh, OK. Yeah, well, I'm going to Instagram the seven. OK. Instagram the seven. Mm-hmm. Yes. Listener, if you're with us right now, it's imperative that you find this photo. All you have to do is go to Instagram at General Snobbery. You'll know exactly what we're talking about, either the five faces or the seven faces of Boyega, because that image is the core of whatever this episode is about to become. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't even, I don't even know what this means. Yeah. I I don't know why, (laughs) because it was our conversation that inspired this. Like I was doing this as we were talking (laughs) and yet I look at it and I feel like it's, it's just engulfed in meaning and I have no idea what. Yeah. I'm so confused. You get the sense from Boyega's face in general, in general, (laughs) that it's layered with meaning, but we don't know what. And then when you make seven faces within one face, that meaning multiplies. And I don't know if, like, maybe maybe if we hash this out a little bit, we'll find out something. For some reason, I feel, we believe that John Boyega is somehow instrumental to this podcast and the mission of this podcast. And the more we, the more we do this, the more we realize it, it is a mission <laughs> of some kind, uh, this, this, this path of snobbery. Um, and I feel like understanding John Boyega is an essential aspect <laughs> of of fully being able to label what this quest is that we are on. Yeah, and we know that we can't do it alone, that we need help. And we asked the listener last episode, I believe in the Armageddon episode, to give us some help and to send some interpretations our way of the face, the seven faces of Boyega. And listeners responded. We got some ideas, we got some comments, we got some questions. So... Are you uh, you down to jump into those, Matt? I am. I just Instagrammed at John Boyega the question, what does this mean? <laughs> I really hope so. he sees it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can Andy Dufresne him. Yeah, if we keep sending it to a week. <laughs> he can't ignore us forever. <laughs> that is, of course, if Boyega truly exists, which That's right. is one of my questions. Yeah. He might have been thought up in... in uh, in George Lucas's dying breath, assuming that George Lucas is dead, but I think he's still alive, but maybe Disney killed him. <laughs> I think there's a good chance they killed him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about the signs they're giving us. We've got The Force Awakens where you have this huge hologram of Supreme Leader Snoke that both yeah. you and I thought was a physical person the first time we saw the movie. Yeah. And then in Rogue One, we have two faces that are like CGI with Tarkin and Leia. So... yeah. Disney, in classic evil empire fashion, is showing everyone what they're capable of. They're kind of giving the the clues, the trails to their absolute power. And I think really hidden between the lines is the fact that they did, in fact, murder George Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) Have brought back either a hologram or a CGI version to say that Rogue One is awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, it's possible. Maybe even they put him in that carbonite thing. Uh, and True. Bob, Bob Iger, I think is how you pronounce Bob his name. Bob Iger. The, the CEO of Disney. Yeah. Just ha- has, has <laughs> right next to his desk has a carbonite George Lucas <laughs> so that he can threaten anyone he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime he Skypes with someone, it's in the background. <laughs> Just George Lucas's screaming face. <laughs> oh, that brings me so much joy. <laughs> Just the idea of that. And the trailer for The Last Jedi is showing signs of that because John Boyega isn't in Carbonite, but he is like, he does appear to be unconscious in some kind of outfit in some kind of container hmm. for The Last Jedi. We don't know what's going to come of Boyega, but... Perhaps it's another sign from Iger mm. of what's truly yeah. happening. He's unconscious, but is he at least breathing? <laughs> <laughs> we know he's capable of breathing heavily. <laughs> I just can't wait till he's a Sith Lord and we can hear his breathing <laughs> amplified by a Whitakerian uh, uh, oxygen thing. <laughs> so this image that you've now looked at, listener, of the multiplicity of Boyega, as we've mentioned, has stumped us. And so we turned it over to our listeners to say, what does this mean? And the first response that we received was from devoted listener David Spitz. And he said, uh, I was listening to your Armageddon episode contemplating the multiplicity of Boyega when a thought suddenly struck me. Are the stormtroopers all descendants of the same clones from Attack of the Clones? If so, does that mean that every stormtrooper looks exactly like John Boyega? If so, could it be possible that at some point we will get a Matrix 2-esque karate fight scene between Finn and his thousand Boyega brothers? That's an amazing thing to contemplate. I've been thinking about that since you shared that with me. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, you know, I, just to tackle the first part of that question, in Attack of the Clones, weren't a lot of the clones from J- Django Unchained yeah. Fett? Yeah, <laughs> they all look just like Django Unchained. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> not like his dumb son Boba, like yeah, Boba yeah. Django, who's yeah. apparently more powerful than Obi Wan. He like bests him in a fight in Attack oh, of the Clones. Right. Yeah, on that little rain planet. Yeah, the rain planet with the very tall, long-necked beings. Yeah, they were very creepy. Yeah, yeah, it was that was a good move by Lucas. Yeah. So there are those, but yeah, I would have to think right the. Or does he reference being stolen as a child? Does does Finn? I think he does. I think he does. So he was, yeah, somehow taken. Okay, maybe. But that, if you know, that could just be something like, perhaps that is a memory that they incepted into his clone brain. That's true. We do know that by the time this takes place, inception is possible. Exactly. Yeah. So it's possible that that's just like a, you know, the way that like sometimes movies will reference like. Um, putting up, you know, primordial memories into people's brains. Like if you've ever seen the movie The Island, you ever seen that? No, isn't that Bay? It is Bay. Yeah, uh, Michael Bay's attempt at profundity. Mm, <laughs> mm. But don't worry, there are plenty of fast yellow cars. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on the side of David Spitz on this one. I think that any excuse that Disney tries to give us in The Force Awakens that Boyega is not the face of every single stormtrooper is just stupid. That's if we're going with canon Star Wars, all the stormtroopers must look the same. They have to. And so, therefore, all of them are Boyega. Exactly. And it's only this one Boyega that decided, for some reason, to take off his helmet and breathe heavily and mm-hmm. flee the scene. Mm-hmm. What was it exactly? He he saw something at the beginning, right? Yeah, he, he didn't to- like Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he thought Driver was a dick. That's right. I'm leaving. Yeah. That guy's a dick. <laughs> and he wanted to fight the rebellion and become one with Poe. Mm-hmm. Because that guy was one hell of a pilot. He was one hell of a pilot. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good... I, I, I hope so. I would love to see a thousand Boyega fight. Yeah. Boyega against Boyega. And then... But we, <sighs> Disney's not going to be courageous enough to do that. So mm-hmm. we already know that's not going to happen. But mm-hmm. when uh, this summer there comes the tragedy of Darth Boyega... Oh, yeah. Produced by General Snobbery Productions. Yes. (laughs) Then we can count on the fact that one scene will involve at least 1,000 Boyegas. Definitely. If that's going to happen. (laughs) 
So the layers of identity of Boyega are revealed through this image that came to you in a warlord vision, Matt. This, I mean, I remember when you were making this image, it wasn't like you were even thinking. It was like it was happening through you, and you were kind yeah. of amazed at what was coming to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it just it was, kept meaning more. It did. It was like two faces, three faces, four, five, six, until like seven, which I think is as small as it could go. <laughs> I don't think you could add an eighth face onto that. So the limit... The limit of Boy- <laughs> the Boyega's seven faces. Man, could you imagine if that seven-faced being were looking in a mirror? How crazy it would be. It would be crazy. Like, not only a mirror, but like a back to, you know, those like a hallways of mirrors where you can see like to infinity. <laughs> 10,000 Boyegas. Yeah. Boyega. Oh, that, that should be a good scene in, a, in an upcoming Star Wars. Just Boyega in a mirror room. And it'd be like face off. He's like looking at himself. Is that me or is that a stormtrooper? <laughs> like who is evil here? Is it Boyega or is it Boyega? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be a classic trope. Yeah, it would be. That'd be nice. Yeah. <clears throat> and do you know Harry Potter well? I actually do not. Okay. Yeah. I know in the later Harry Potters, there are things called horcruxes, which are ah. things that Harry must find where parts of Voldemort's soul are mm-hmm. contained within each of the Horcrux. So in order to defeat Voldemort, he must defeat all of these Horcruxes. Mm-hmm. And first he must figure out where all of them are. And I'm thinking off the top of my head that there are seven. Ah. And I hope that that's true because I think that has some resonance with the Boyega face image that l- one layer of Boyega's identity is contained within all of these faces and that were one to kill one Boyega, they'd mm-hmm. only discover that only a part of Boyega has been defeated. Yes. And more Boyega will come. That Wow, that's also straight out of Greek mythology. Uh, the Hydra. The Hydra, yes. Yeah, I think Boyega was based on the Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> when Disney created them in their CGI lab, yeah. they, they read them. some Greek mythology. <laughs> the multiple Boyegas. <laughs> <laughs> Look what we have made. <laughs> George Lucas with the prequels was really showing us what was actually happening. Disney was already preparing this by creating Boyega and giving him these small roles in little like London productions. Mm-hmm. But really, George Lucas was into it. George Lucas discovered it. And so yeah. he created these clones, which are allegorical for the Boyegas to be. Yeah, you're right. Wow, you're so true. And if John Boyega is, in fact, a real, live, breathing human being, then I imagine that Disney has been following him for some time now. (laughs) (laughs) You get the reference? No. (laughs) Uh, The Matrix. Oh. We've been following you for, or how does it go? Yeah. Some time now. Some time now. Mr. Anderson. (laughs) Mr. Anderson. (laughs) We can make it all disappear. <laughs> Damn, Agent Smith is a good character. Agent Smith, yeah. So the Wachowskis were kind enough to give us thousands of Agent Smiths in a single yeah. battle. They knew that mm-hmm. the multiplicity of weaving was archetypally mm-hmm. resonant. Wow. But the Wachowskis take risks, as evidenced the by the fact that both of them have become women in their actual <laughs> lives. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wow. Disney does not take risks, as evidenced <laughs> by Disney. <laughs> They'll only tease at multiplicity of Boyega. They won't actually follow through. Yeah, Disney is so good at making you think that it's done something new by giving you something that is not necessarily new or great. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm just thinking in general. I mean, that's that's also not just Disney. That's Michael Bay. That's Mm -hmm. every major. That's the fucking new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Disney. Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) Tim Burton. Is he Disney? No, but he's kind of, kind of fallen into that rut. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. So Disney is a reality of multiplicities. Yeah, Ooh. it is. Yeah, that it's Man. all layered copies of the original, which is blocked. the The true face of the original is blocked by the layers of the multiplicity. Wow. That totally makes sense. Yeah, and that also connects it to the comment left by our devoted listener, Amanda Pumpkins. Ah, yes. Very good. Yeah. Did you see this comment? I I believe I did, but I forget it. So, like we mentioned, we uh, implored our listeners to make a comment on the many faces of Boyega on our Instagram. And Amanda Pumpkins 
said that it's a reference to um, I can't pronounce it, but La File de uh, Home. Basically, it means the Son of Man. It's that uh, painting with the the man standing with the fedora and the apple covering his face. Wow! And, and then Amanda said, "I think that means you believe Boyega gave birth to himself." <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very Thank good. You, Amanda. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good find. Yeah, not only she also happened to reference uh, the Thomas Crown affair. Really? Yeah, isn't that painting? Have you seen the Thomas Crown affair? No. Oh, is that the Starring... one they're trying to steal? That Bond, uh, Bond is trying they're... to steal? Yeah, Bond is. <laughs> I I don't remember if, if, if he's stealing that or or what. But, but that painting figures prominently. Painting is, is yeah, it's prominent in that movie. Ooh. What if we could one day get the rights to that film, remaster it Lucas style, and make the painting the Boyega face? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be worth every penny for that minor change in that film. <laughs> leave leave the plot literally the exact same. <laughs> change nothing but the image. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> so this is. I'm sure you've seen this painting, listener. All you'd have to do right now is Google Son of Man, and it comes up. It's that guy standing before, like, a, a wall of cinder blocks that goes to about his waist. Then behind him is the ocean and a cloudy sky. He's standing in neutral posture with a green apple hovering right in front of his face. Yeah. We can't see his face. We want to see his face. Yeah, that's so. that's all you want when you see that painting. Yeah. So what is, what is a, this man's face? What's being hidden? Yeah. I never really thought so much about that painting and of diff- different pieces of art that I've heard people talk about or looked at a lot. That's one I haven't looked at too much. I think I've always just been left at, I want to see his face. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but mm. now it's so significant that it's son of man and that's an apple, like mm-hmm. two kind of uh, allusions with an A right. um, to like foundations of Christian uh, theology and mythology of this idea of the son of man, sin, and the apple, apple the apple race. Yeah, the fall and the apple is is clouding the true face of the man. That yeah, that has exactly. become the reality. That the tiny boyega face has become yeah. the true re- reality, protecting the the layered <laughs> reality of the actual boyega face. <laughs> Maybe the smaller boyega faces are comments on the ways that the boyega creation, the multiplicity of boyega that Disney has necessitated is clouding has come to cloud the real man john boyega and that john boyega no longer is himself but he is simply a kind of use a marxian term like a commodity he is now a a thing owned by disney that is simply a representation of himself Mm. yeah and it's gone so far that it's not just one layer removed but seven yeah yeah and slowly if boyega wants to find himself again he must kind of do an anti-hydra move like again the greek mythology the hydra is the i think seven-headed monster Mm. and every time you cut off one of its head it grows two so if you were to cut all seven off all of a sudden you have a 14-headed monster and it's just totally insane and crazy and so i feel like boyega needs to do an anti-hydra and right because the idea is that uh He's owned by Disney, like because Disney basically just like finds people who will make it money and then they just make them into commodities. Yeah, I think kind of like the uh, that tentacled creature in Rogue One that just kind of like <laughs> reaches yeah. toward its its captives and sucks away their energy <laughs> until it has what it needs from them. And then it leaves them behind yeah. in a state of like desolation a la Miley Cyrus Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically like Disney executives. Like they're like crawling, like, like we will find out what's in your mind. Like <laughs> one of the side effects is mind loss. Because <laughs> you basically lose your mind because Disney is not in it for necessarily human in- endeavors. <laughs> it's in it's in it because it knows it can guarantee about a billion dollars per investment that it makes. Right. Like that's huge. So Boyega's their slave. Yeah. <laughs> so the image points a, to an identity crisis amidst Boyega. I guess it does, which I'm just finding this so funny that we are kind of like analyzing an image that we made, <laughs> trying to find meaning from it and being like, maybe it means this. <laughs> 
with reference to the Son of Man painting, the uh, artist whose name <laughs> is it's either Rene Magritte or Reen Magritte. It's Reen. It's Reen. Reen Magritte. Yeah, I think I, it's that. Re, I have heard that name. Is it Rene Magritte? I don't Rene know. Magritte, Belgian. Yeah. So yeah. Reen, it's not. It's not Phil McCracken. I don't think so. It's not Phil McCrevice. Uh, I think that's closer. <laughs> he did. Do you know what I'm referring to? <laughs> I get it. See <laughs> Seymour Butts. Seymour Butts. <laughs> Phil yeah, McCrevice. Those, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he said very juvenile mind. Here. <laughs> he said at least it hides the face partly well, so you have the apparent face, the apple, hiding the visible but hidden, the face of the person. It's something that happens constantly. Everything we see hides another thing. We always want to see what is hidden by what we see. There is an interest in what in that which is hidden and which the visible does not show us. This interest can take the form of a quite intense feeling, a sort of conflict, one might say, between the visible that is hidden and the visible that is present. Interesting. Yeah, a conflict between the visible that is hidden and the visible that is present. That's a way of describing my feeling every time I see Boyega. <laughs> you just know there is something there. Yeah, something imbued with meaning that not even seven faces can get at. You're right. It's only suggested. Yes. It's like a Zen koan. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I was gonna. I was gonna say it reminds me very much of a platonic form in the sense that what we see is merely a representation of the real thing that that is that even plato himself doesn't fully articulate yeah the form the thing in itself yeah. the thing in itself totally unadulterated real boyega in itself wow what is it <laughs> <laughs> being toward boyega being toward boyega yeah so huh. um Another listener, Bobby Corrigan, said, This means that nothing can be taken at, fa at face value unless that thing has multiple faces. Very true. Once again, very koan-esque. Very koan-esque. Yeah, very you zen. Could, very zen. You could think about that for a thousand years. You could. Nothing can be could taken you? at face value unless that thing has multiple faces. <laughs> face off. Face off. That's very Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He did it. The, Boye <laughs> the Boyega did it. So can we summarize some of our conclusions so far? Because once again, like uh, wisps of smoke, they elude me, even though yes. we've, it seemed we stumbled upon meaning, meaning but then our connection Suddenly was I, disrupted. Yeah. Something evil is afoot. Someone's listening. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Right at this very moment. Every word that you say is being monitored by an intelligence that you cannot fathom. <laughs> definitely sounds like a line from a movie. <laughs> I think we probably could have just like acted like it was a line from a movie and everyone would have assumed it was. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the great trial of Marcus. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Not well known. Yeah. Not well known, but great themes yeah. of intelligence. A good tip of the hat to noir film. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just really good. I'm just making it up. <laughs> uh, Boyega, let's see. Um, well, I think we talked something about the way that the film industry um, corrupts people, um, turns them into things. You know, yes. I think, I, I think, again, in many ways, some of these major production companies, I think they kind of scout out people not so much to play a character but to make them money be like this guy yeah. would be a great action figure yeah exactly <laughs> not this guy would be great for this character but <laughs> i mean that's like that's kind of the story of hollywood in many ways like some of these like old tiny actors and actresses like if you watch the movie hail caesar by the cohen brothers you kind of get a sense of this the way some of these actors and actresses were like essentially like contracted to production companies it was almost like indentured servitude. Mm -hmm. They were treated well, but they were like, kind of like indentured servants. It's like, no, like, you know, we decide your contract. In some ways, like the sports industry is today. The professional sports is apparently fairly much like indentured servitude. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only difference is you're making a ton of money. Mm -hmm. Just like Boyega. 
It's like they're trading you. Like, yeah, Marvel, we'll give you Boyega for two months. That's it. Right. God, I'm a human being. (laughs) Boyega has proven himself worthy. He has brought us great revenue. He will be an... Well, not, I was going to say an X-Men, but X-Men is uh, technically owned by Fox, mm. much to Kevin Feig's <laughs> chagrin. <laughs> or, yeah. Um, yeah, Boyega, he will be a Star Galaxy Man in Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, a definite indentured servitude going on. Um, that one guy who once was known as Shia LaBeouf... Yeah. He said something about this. Now, of course, he, really? he was a Disney child. He was. In this form of even Stevens. Yeah. Disney Channel is one of the Disney powerhouses that we have not even mentioned amidst the Disney conglomerate of Marvel, Star Wars, Disney uh-huh. reboots, and ESPN. But, of course, the Disney Channel and then Disney Worlds across the globe. Yeah. Yeah. And as tobacco companies realized, get them young. Get them get young. Get them young. Get them young. That's, why, that's where the camel came from. Oh, really? Yeah, the camel for camel cigarettes, they eventually admitted, some people at camel, that that was designed to appeal to children. Uh, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I like camels. I want to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, Disney certainly cast yeah. its allure over children mm-hmm. more than anyone else in terms of just absolutely simulated joy. Yeah. Think of how many famous people started at Disney and made Disney a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, even like people who started Disney, uh, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Ryan JT? Gosling, yeah, JT. Really, he was a he was a Musketeer. Hut hut. Anyway, yeah. I think even C. Bell. Really? Yeah, because he was in like a musical. Uh, yeah, called, like... Empire of the Sun. <laughs> yeah. Was is that is that it? No. Oh, that's a band. That's that is a band, and it yeah. is a movie he was in as a child, oh, but it's wow. not a musical. <laughs> He does sing a song, though. It really? In Empire of the Sun? Yeah. That was Spielberg. That was Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. Spiely B. Spiely B. <laughs> Stevie Spee. And I think it's called like Paper Boys or something. Is it Newsies? Newsies, yeah. It was Newsies. Is that Disney? I don't know. I, I know it's a so. musical. But... It is a musical. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, lots of these folks. And then, of course... Yeah, Shia LaBeouf then goes on to have this Hollywood career, and he gets sucked up into the Spielberg orbit. Orbit, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and he, I would imagine Steven Spielberg hates him now because <laughs> he <laughs> I really said, "Can't wait to hear where this is going." Yeah, I mean, not only did he pretty much rip on the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but he basically said that working in a Spielberg movie is like, um, it's it's like a a, a business. And it's it has no like joy and there's no room for like authenticity. It's just like being a moving part in a massive, massive machine. Interesting. Yeah, which I'd imagine is is true for all of these massive productions. Yeah, because they're really, really high budget. I mean, I can only imagine how how many hundreds of people are on set each day, you know, and at a certain point you probably there's this sense of losing sight of the art form of it and seeing only the entertainment aspects yeah and the profit motive aspects of it mm-hmm. that's very interesting so yeah they're they're well-oiled machines in which human beings we think play a fundamental role but yeah. like you said in marxian terminology they're they're the cogs yeah, in the machine exactly. performing yeah. these these functions and yeah. once their labor value is yeah has reached its zenith, they're cast aside. And Yeah. Barton Fink is the movie that comes to mind right now to reference the Coen brothers again. You you have seen Barton Fink, yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh of course. We've talked many times about <laughs> Goodman. <laughs> Barton Fink, whew, what an amazing movie. I don't want to give anything away, but there there is this there are these Marxist themes in there. There are also fascist themes and mm. colonial themes. It's it's such amazing, it's such an amazing movie. I mean, we already proved our love for their, the Coen brothers' ability to uh, articulate themes in our Lebowski episode. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's this, there's this sense of Hollywood and its ability to use someone for as long as they're useful, and then you no longer serve the purpose, get out kind of feel. Yeah. So that 
then would be the fate of Boyega. Yeah. He can't escape it. Exactly. And so I guess the seven faces of Boyega just show how deep in he has become. Yeah, you're right. He is seven faces deep. Yeah. So and overnight. overnight. He probably grew three faces in one hour, one day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, all this also reminds me of Taylor Swift. So I'd say a couple of years ago, Taylor Swift was undoubted, undoubtedly the most popular musician in the world. And then all of a sudden, now, like, she hasn't done anything really recently. And everyone's like, where has Taylor Swift been? <laughs> it's like, oh, like... <laughs> Not making a very public appearance in one month means you've like disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that, that's even in the mentality. But it wouldn't surprise me if she was just like, I need a break from all of this. Right. Cause I've just been a thing. Yeah. Become something, an object of consumption. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what these, these movies are. They're objects of consumption. Mm -hmm. Captain America, Civil War. <laughs> you watched that last night, right? I've watched uh, about an hour and 15 minutes of it. God, that, that movie should only be that long. Yeah. That but. movie, just like so many of these movies, take, it takes itself so seriously. It's like yes. it's the most important thing that has ever been conceived of. Yeah. And like any moment of comic relief is very clearly a machine, a, a mechanistic system saying this is comic relief. This sentence, this is obviously a joke from this character yeah. who is lightening the mood because this scene was heavy. And it's like <laughs> through one very obvious line. <laughs> yeah. It's the same uh, like computer algorithm that uh, George Lucas used to write Jar Jar Binks. Right. Yeah. Just like what, like computer, tell us what is funny. Uh, funny is when Tony Stark makes a reference to himself being a nerd. It's like, <laughs> God, Captain America, Civil War. Yeah, you're right. They take themselves so seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Boyega, it seems, does as well. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna toss in at one of the ultimate snobs who I don't know has ever been mentioned in an episode. He who has seen through the veil of culture and has prophesized much to come. A man by the name of Robert Zimmerman, better known by his stage name Bob Dylan. Ah, Bob yes. Dylan, a hard rain's going to fall on wow. John Boyega. In wow. Like a Rolling Stone, we get the story of this woman. She's got it all. She has yeah. it all. She's on top of the world. Nothing's going wrong. But then how does it feel when all of a sudden it's all ripped away and you're out yeah. on your own and you got no one beside you? Hmm. Well, if John Boyega doesn't start navigating back to the original face, if he continues to reside in this tiny seventh face... He's going to have a harsh awakening when it's all ripped away, when he comes yeah. to grips with the reality. Of course, this is assuming he is an actual person, which we're not positive on yet. <laughs> and so <laughs> I hope for John Boyega's sake that he can, he can, he can figure out a way to, to rest in simplicity mm -hmm. and to return to his, his true form, which has become lost Amidst these many faces. Yeah. Very true. As Very evidenced true. by his Instagram posting of a picture of himself and Daisy Ridley and the caption reading the single word history. History. I no. am Boyega. I am history. <laughs> <laughs> Just He's declared so right. it for his yeah. hundreds of thousands of followers. I yeah. am history. I am history. How meaningful is that? Not only am I history in the sense of I am making history right now, but I am history in that I am no more. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're right. That double meaning. Double meaning that he definitely did not intend. No, no, he did that. This author did not intend that. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're right. Because soon, soon he will be he will be like others who He'll have be been an like asterisk. him. He'll be an asterisk. Yeah, and you know. Which lends to, to, in some ways, bring it full circle to what I was mentioning earlier about Chris Pratt. Um, right around the time that Jurassic World was coming out, Chris Pratt said something in an interview like, he's like, listen, I, I know how this works. Like, in four years, I'm not going to be popular. <laughs> he's like, so I'm just going to have fun with it while I can Good. and realize how lucky I am. And I was like, nice. Like, 
because there is something infuriating when you see like an actor or any sort of famous person being like, I am history. I am, <laughs> I, I am history. I am history. And, and then to get some satisfaction out of like, oh, really? Well, where are you now, idiot? <laughs> like, you thought you were the most popular person on earth. Yeah. Like in like a Rolling Stone, Bob Dylan, when he yeah. sings that chorus, it's very like accusatory. You know, how does it feel? <laughs> like, you're right. Yeah. You had this coming, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> how the mighty have fallen. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. And I think that's so much part of our endeavor, our noble cause that again is it's taking on more and more of a sense of being a mission that maybe these Maybe these movies that we rail against, these machines, these Marvel, Disney sort of re, reboot, recycle, you know, computer generated, you know, images and computer generated jokes. Maybe those will one day be the Rolling Stone. Maybe. And Trey maybe. Parker and Matt Stone's important productions <laughs> or important studios. Important studios. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be making a lot of stuff <laughs> that has actual meaning. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, we are always being toward explosion. We don't know we what this explosion is going to be, what exact form it's going to take. All we know is it's inevitable. It is. It's coming. Yeah, it is. And in the meantime, we're also being toward Boyega. We but are. one person who's not being toward Boyega is John Boyega. You're right. He is not. He's being toward fabricated Boyega. Wow. You're right. Yeah. When he sees himself, he sees the seventh Boyega. Yeah, he sees the phony, tiny Boyega that casts the illusion <laughs> of the true Boyega at the center, but really it's just the apple blocking the face. Amazing. It is the temptation, the sin captured. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we can just make, we can say this stuff. <laughs> our, our willingness to... To question whether or not John Boyega is an actual human being. Are <laughs> referencing him counterimposed against a very famous work of art. <laughs> what a delight. What a delight. What a delight. We, Yeah, very grateful that the NSA hasn't stopped us, that Disney, who probably controls the NSA, hasn't stopped us. <laughs> That's right. At least yet. But one of these days, we're going to be murdered by drones. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. They'll, oh, what would they look like? I'm trying to think of some like classic <laughs> Disney Disney character. <laughs> I mean, like Donald. No, Donald Duck. No, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There was a drone in Captain America: Civil War, and at the beginning, that was used. I don't know by that stupid guy with wings or something. And. <laughs> <laughs> And Hawkeye, then, Hawkeye. Yeah. Is that his name? I don't even know. I think it's Hawkeye. I think, yeah, probably. His real name is Sam, and <laughs> and they made this drone seem so cool and yes, so they... useful for the cause. <laughs> I did think about that when I was watching it. Yeah, there was no question that the drone was right. The drone was good, and the yeah. drone helped save the day. Yeah, they even like indicated it had like a personality. Yeah. What's up, droney? Yeah. Like, Fuck you. Fucking brainwashing kids to just think yeah. <laughs> drones with the capability of murdering a person are awesome <laughs> because of fucking Marvel. Yeah. Oh, man. Those movies are horrendous. I recently was watching some of the movie Thor, the original Thor. I saw it on TV. Yeah. Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so fucking bored. Really? Oh my god, it's That's insane. That's often considered one of the best of the Marvel movies. Is it really? Yeah, because Kenneth Branagh directed it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, oh he tried gosh. to make it all Shakespearean. Really? Uh, I don't know. I read that somewhere. Uh, oh. <laughs> I haven't seen Kate, it, though. Kenneth Branagh, I like him. I like him very much, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, like... I, it's 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 too bad, but like knowing that, if I were to go back and watch it, I'd be like, oh yes, yes, I do, I do pick up the Shakespearean themes. <laughs> um, but I just I found it to be very, 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 very boring. Yeah, and uh, I didn't watch all of it, but I just I, I've I wasn't. I mean, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I was expecting like stupid, dumb battle scenes, and I wasn't getting that right away. So <laughs> maybe watching the whole thing would reveal that that's a positive. But perhaps, perhaps. Whew. But this is all, of course, pointing toward, I think, the inevitability when we boldly go at the Marvel 
universe. Yeah. Which I think it'll be at least a three part enterprise. Yes. I think so. Big. I, I almost wonder this would be a whole, this would be a whole chapter in the life of general snobbery. I almost wonder if it would be worth it to literally do every movie, every Marvel movie in that Marvel combined cinematic universe, every single one and go in order. Like I, I don't know if I have it in me, but cause that's, it's it right now. I think 14, 14, 14. Yeah. Oh my God. What does DC have? Like three. (laughs) (laughs) All of which suck. I love that. I I just love the consensus that Marvel movies are awesome and DC movies suck. And that like DC fucked up because Marvel like they they created characters and they made references and new character, new reference, then they combined them in the Avengers and mm-hmm. it was like holy shit, I didn't even realize all those were that connected. Right. And then right. DC's like, we have Batman, we have Superman, like Suicide Squad. <laughs> you know who really fucked DC? Who? Chris. Chris. Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan. I think fucked he inadvertently DC. fucked DC by making three huge Batman movies that everyone just like loved and thought were incredible. And so DC's right. like, we have it made. We have Chris. But then by the time they're done, <laughs> yeah. Marvel's got like this whole cinematic universe going and DC's like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, get Affleck. Get Affleck. <laughs> Affleck. We need Affleck. <laughs> get me Cavill. Get Cavill. <laughs> And that's their second mistake wow. is dropping Ruth, but yeah. that's obvious. Yeah, I bet Christian Bale would have stayed on as Batman if they had promised to bring back Ruth. Yeah, yeah. One of these <sighs> days, but you know, I I think that that's what we have to do, Matt. Every single Marvel Every single movie. Mo- wow. Yeah, it's amazing. And then each one will build upon the former. Like, I I hate the fact that I'm gonna do that and watch all of those. Me too. And I know it's gonna like. It's going to hurt my existence. It's going to hurt me too. Yeah. Like not just not in a temporary way, like probably a permanent way. Probably. Yeah. Like it'll actually have a permanently damaging effect on my psyche Mm -hmm. and um, soul. Yeah. I I do believe I have a soul and I think this will hurt it in the long term. But nevertheless, after all this talking about all this Disney stuff and all this (laughs) Marvel stuff, I think we (laughs) we have to do it. Like we have no choice now. Yeah, it slowly became clear that that's where we had to go, and yeah. So wow. somehow the, the many faces of Boyega have revealed this. Yeah, wow, you're right. Hmm. And then maybe we'll have it all updated in time for Avengers: Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't even think that name makes grammatical sense. <laughs> yeah. Sh- Infinity infinite war. war, like infinity infinite war. is not an adjective. That is a noun. There's two nouns put together. It would be like Avengers, frog, tree. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're right. That's wow. What a bunch of idiots. <laughs> it just sounds wrong. It does. They definitely asked a, a four or a five year old. What should we name this? <laughs> infinity War sounds cool. It doesn't make grammatical sense. And then, yeah, what are you saying? Like, are you saying it's going to have a lot of characters? Because infinity doesn't mean a lot. It means without end. I'm um, sure there's some, like, fucking organization in the Marvel Universe called, called like, Infinity, infinity or something right. like that. And so Marvel nerds right now are like, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they're listening They've to us. They've never read the comic books. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Feig just sitting in his office. <laughs> Dressed in his Dr. Evil outfit. <laughs> yeah, throwing darts at Tobey Maguire's picture on the wall. <laughs> you ruined me, Maguire! <laughs> Infinity War. Infinity the last thing I want to say before any of this, did you know that... <laughs> The directors of, like, the Avengers movies and Captain America Civil War, like the Russo brothers. I've heard their names. That's all I know. You know what else they directed? What? You, me, and Dupree. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> they, they directed that movie. 
and didn't direct anything for like six years and then got what? absorbed into Marvel and started directing like Avengers movies. You know, that's something that actually has kind of amazed me about some of this. I see the directors of some of these movies and they have very, very scant filmographies. Yeah. It's like, where did they come from? Wow. You did like one movie. Mm -hmm. They were just, they were, they were, they were basically, what happened to them was what happened to, um, is it, is it, uh, Winston from 1984. Mm. They took, they took them into room 101 and they just changed them. Yeah. You are now ours. (laughs) (laughs) Just put a mask on them and made a rat scurry around it. (laughs) Scratching their face. (laughs) Yeah. Which is what happens somewhat to the winter soldier, right? In Captain America, he is brainwashed to become part of the initiative, the agenda of this evil organization. That's right. Yeah. So wow, once again, all this layered symbology, they're telling us what's going on. People just aren't reading the science. You're right. These movies, these Marvel, these Disney movies, they're telling us what they're doing to us. Right. And in that way, they are totally hashtag meta. They're so <laughs> meta. They have to be meta because we're in meta modernism. You're right. Yeah. But it's funny. They're, they're telling us what they're doing to us. <laughs> the difference yeah. is that, that they're the villains. <laughs> <laughs> they're not it's the good guys like they move. claim to be. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. brilliant because, yeah, they – yeah. The only logical response is those putting out this movie are the good guys because clearly they're siding with the good guys. But they yeah. know about the intricate plots of evil going on because they're perpetuating them. And yes. So <laughs> they're able to put them into forms and make people convinced that that's bad. And these good guys are good and the good guys equate to them. Yeah. It's amazing. So that's why we have to watch every single one so we can wow. peel through the layers of their deception and read the signs of their true identity, their true boyega. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Oof. Maybe maybe we can – maybe there's hope for boyega. Boyega. Maybe, maybe boyega's our our new hope. He is our new hope. Yeah. <laughs> boyega boyega is, is the one hope. Wait a fucking second. Hang on. I just thought about that. <laughs> Is there any chance that they'll eventually combine Star Wars and Marvel? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Will, yeah. Like, will, will we all of a sudden have, like, like, now speaking from the galactic planet of Ragnarok or wherever the fuck Thor is from, it's like some Nordic looking man with a hammer. <laughs> like, is it possible that, like, that they're working toward a fucking combined universe beyond belief. I, I think Star Wars, legit Star Wars fans would be very angry at that. Yeah. You know, I think they would. They would be really upset with that. But I also think that that's what they're working towards. They've At the very least, they've had high-level conversations about doing that, right? That has to Oh, happen. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no way that, like... I mean, each of those franchises on their own is pulling in over a billion dollars every single movie. Yeah. So to combine them... Like, that's never been done in the history of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Not even a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, where two billion dollar universes are formed into one. Wow. Infinity. Infinity War. That could be the first sign. Yeah. Something. We're going to get some Easter egg in Infinity Wars. Yeah. Like, maybe at the very end. Because I think, like, everyone from the fucking Marvel movies is in Infinity Wars. Maybe at the very end, Chris Pratt's character, whose name is Star-Lord, mm-hmm. will, like, be in, like, a desert. And he'll be like, what's this? And he'll, like, press it and it will be like, <laughs> lightsaber. <laughs> and all the nerds in the in the theater will literally go so crazy that they will be throwing their feces on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how excited... So many people would be if that happened. Oh, yeah. It'd be unprecedented. Like, people would scream. People would blow out eardrums. Yeah. The people next to them, they'd be screaming so loud. There's a good chance that is the explosion we're being toward. Wow. You're right. Man, I hope that happens so that I can sue them. Because <laughs> I know they're listening to this. Right. Right. Yeah. They have to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we discovered the being the the explosion towards which towards which we are being or just are. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the how the grammar works on that one, but I know it doesn't work on Infinity War, you idiots. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna watch your stupid movies, and we're going to 
unveil the plot of which you are a part. No, yeah. you're not fucking part of it. You're making it. <laughs> yeah. You're creating the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. You better be prepared for Darth Boyega, the yeah. general snobbery produced animation that's going to officially take you down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have a we have a solid band of one listener. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck that you have half the world. <laughs> that listener is very devoted. <laughs> yeah, they even listened to all the way through this dumb episode. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, uh thanks for listening. And uh, I guess we'll see you next time. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're Marvel or Disney then Stop spying on us. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>